Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, at the start of the day today, it looked like we were going to have a strong start to the week with a broad rally here. But after the morning rally, the gains started to fade. Fortunately, we got, you know, a little bit of backing and filling throughout the day. We were able to finish positive on the day across the board. So certainly not a negative uh, by any means to finish positive for the day. But, uh, you know, not the smart money hour we would we would have liked to have seen or a few other uh, indicators as well. But I'll get to a lot of that here right here in a second. But first, let's jump right into the market action. The Nasdaq led the way today up four tenths of one percent to twelve thousand and sixty one. We were followed there by the small caps up 0.36% to 1,889. Next up, the S&P 500 up just over three tenths of 1% as well to 4,121. And finally for the day, the Dow Jones managing, you know, really went back and forth between positive and negative territory right before the close. We finished pretty much flat on the day up 0.05% to 32,915. But throughout today's action, which really, you know, pretty blase action, felt a lot like a summer day of trading, which it is. Uh, But we saw both the housing index and the transports finish higher on the day and the transports continuing to get above their recent range as well up a nice three quarters of 1% just over that on the day. Uh, You know, those are two of our VRA leading economic indicators here uh, to see both of those basically outperform the market on the day to day. We'll take that as a as a win there as well. But some of the concerns, you know, from the day why our markets started to fall into the close, we've got a lot of people seeing and watching the 10 year yield rising back above 3% today uh, for the first time in basically a month to, to get back to the upside. Uh, let's see here the exact date. Uh, well, our pe- we peaked on, on May 9th and got back below uh, 3% about mid-May. So we spent a couple weeks below that level uh, and should be coming up on some of their rec- recent resistance. And if you've been tuning in with us here for any amount of time, you know that we aren't too concerned about rising rates. We haven't been for some time. Uh, We don't see rates going much higher from here. But remember, on a historical basis, these are still very, very low rates. Uh, And even with the Fed raising rates now, we still don't see a whole lot of upside to what they can do. Uh, We've talked about this a lot. You know, go back and look at some of our podcasts, uh, some of our blog updates as well. You know, the Fed has really backed themselves into a corner here. They can't raise rates too much higher without creating systemic issues. We've talked about that a lot here on the podcast. So even with rates on the rise right now and a big day today, up 2.74%, getting to a 3.03% on the 10-year, I mean, that's still, again, very low rates historically. Uh, But I will point out for our major indexes that we are reaching short-term 
overbought conditions on our VRA momentum oscillators. And to be clear, this is only on our short-term indicators here. Those levels have served as resistance though, since our markets peaked in November of last year for the NASDAQ and Russell 2000, or early January this year for the Dow and the S&P. So in the short-term, you know, if you're a short-term trader, we would be proceeding with caution uh, for adding to positions or putting on new positions. But if you zoom out and take a look at what has happened over the last four years, remember, we, this is now our third bear market in four years. But if you zoom out, instead of the daily charts, look at a monthly chart. You'll see our markets are still at incredibly, incredibly oversold levels. For some of these metrics, we're still at the most oversold levels since 2009 for our major indexes, right? So, you know, if you're looking at this with a longer time horizon, you're not treating this as a short-term trader. Again, go back and look what's happened in the last four years. We had the 2018 Q4 meltdown with the Fed raising rates, the 2020 bear market during the height of coronavirus insanity, and now another Fed meltdown for 2022. So three bear markets in four years, right? Sounds terrible. And it's exactly why Kip has said so many times that we understand if you're anyone who's hesitant to invest in the stock market or people who just don't want anything to do at all with the market, because we've seen in each one of these scenarios, the average stock has fallen 40 to 50%. We still have something like 75% of the NASDAQ below its 200-day moving average right now. But if you look at what happened following the previous two events and really any, any pullback in the history of the U.S. stock market, we've gone on to hit all-time highs once again. Now, that not mean we're going to do it in short order, but the last two, we did do in short order. Those who had the courage to buy stocks during the 2018 Fed meltdown and the 2020 coronavirus insanity bear market, well, hats off to you. If you were able to do that and hold your investments, you've been rewarded handsomely there. Uh, we started buying you know, within a week of the lows of coronavirus insanity, had some great positions in that time. And we expect that by end of this year, that the investors who had the courage to be buyers now, now again, on the short-term basis, you may want to time your buy a little bit differently, but overall, one year from now, we expect that investors who bought now will be very happy with their decisions. So if you can tune out the day-to-day -day action, much easier said than done, believe me, uh, but you'll be very happy if you can. And we've got some great statistics to back that up here. Uh, a lot of them we've been talking about recently, but they they do deserve repeating here. So take a look at a few of these. We, as you know, probably know, we've had the fourth worst start to the year in S&P 500 history. Awful news, right? But here's the good news. When you look at the previous three worst starts, so even worse than this year, we've seen the rest of the year the market was higher 100% of the time with average gains of 19.1%.
And if you zoom out even further, I believe that's the same. It uh, might, might be a slightly different gains. For, it's like the top six worst starts of the year have all been higher uh, one year later. And we see it similarly in investor sentiment. Remember, if you take a look at the AAII survey, we, we still have more bulls, or sorry, excuse me, more bears than bulls here. Looking at the fear and greed index, we are still in fear territory here. But specifically looking at the AAII investor sentiment survey, when bulls have dropped below 20%, which just happened two weeks ago, also happened about three months ago, it's only happened 10 times since the survey began in 1986. Markets over the next one to three months, so that's why I mentioned that it did happen about two months ago, and I think it was two months ago. Over one to three months, you know, a little bit of mixed results. But when you start to, to look back even further, over the next six to 12 months, the markets have been up 100% of the time. This is why we talk so much about contrarian investing here. But over six months, the average gain is 13%. And over 12 months, the average gain is 23%. So we think it's important to go back to these types of statistics you know, when you're looking at the market in these scenarios. Uh, and again, actually, if you, if you really want to see these boiled down, because the, the gains specifically from 2018 and 2020, we just put up on our blog last week. You can go check it out at kipherridge.com. If you had the courage, once again, to say that again, if you were a buyer at those levels, you would have phenomenal, phenomenal returns you'd be very happy with your purchases so go take a look at that at kipherridge.com as well next up looking at our internals on the day today similar to our markets here we had a little bit better internals earlier in the day uh still we didn't finish necessarily with bad internals really just kind of eh, summer day trading type of feel to it uh let me get one final refreshing here you sometimes get a slightly different numbers you know, within about 30 minutes after the close. we For advancing to declining stocks, we did come in positive for the NYSE, not by a big margin, but strongly positive. And then next up, NASDAQ did come in slightly negative, just by about 30 issues there though. So really pretty much flat on the day-to-day. -day. Next up, new 52-week highs to lows. Managed to come in positive again here for the NYSE. We've seen that uh, for a, quite a few sessions recently. It's a nice pattern change from that group, but we did come back negative here for the NASDAQ. And then finally, volume came in positive for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with eight out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by consumer discretionary, communication services, and materials. And then our laggards on the day, real estate was down on the day. That sector is, is different from the housing index that I talked about earlier, usually following REITs and those kinds of things. So even though real estate finished lower, we'll definitely take how the housing index, which we'd prefer to see higher anyway, uh, up on the day, we'll take that as a win. Next up uh, for our laggards was energy and then healthcare was unchanged on the day today. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Uh, gold now down on the day about three tenths of 1% to $1,844 an ounce. Uh, to confirm here, we are still above the 200-day moving average. 
just about two points above it there, so need to see that hang in. Uh, silver also was now higher on the day of nine cents of 1% to $22.10 an ounce. Copper was down on the day by nine tenths of 1% to $4.43 a pound, but we're watching this group closely here. We continue to like this group. If you want to see our VRA 10 bagger positions for copper, go check out our two for week trial at VRAinsider.com. We continue to like this group a lot as China reopens and they call it Dr. Copper for a reason because historically this has acted, copper has acted as a barometer for global growth. It goes so much into, into building uh, technology, all types of different areas. So it really is a great barometer for the overall health of the market. It tells us when, it, when it's going higher, it's a bullish signal for risk on action. It's a key, you know, really an advanced indicator that people are signaling to more risk on action. And we just had our biggest day in copper last Thursday since May of 2013. So good to see good action from copper recently. Uh, we want to see copper continue to rally from here. And similar to copper, for the last few years, people have also looked at Bitcoin as a signal back to risk on assets. Now, Bitcoin has been beat up, no doubt about it. You know, we flirted with the below 30,000 range, but we've been able to get back above 30,000 and looking like it's putting in a base here around that level uh, to rally off of. Today, Bitcoin up a big 5% to 31,456 now. And if Bitcoin can rally from here as well, we'll look at that as another early signal that the risk on attitude is returning to the market here. So I mixed it up a little bit there. We'll finish off with one more commodity. Lastly, oil on the day up 0.13% to $119 a barrel. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.